I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. I am here to announce that our book, Let's Heal, a workbook designed for Black women with various modalities by your co-host, Danika and Myra, is now at a storefront. And so the storefront is Urbana Goods. It's a community store that brings an upgraded experience of connecting with the community uh, with small crafting gatherings and workshops and supporting other local businesses by housing and selling their merchandise, such as us. And they even sell some of your typical items from the local convenience store. Like y'all, I literally bought some body butter, hair products, and a cute purse all from this store, just to give you a little example. So when you have some time, check out Urbana Goods. It's located in Guardina, California. The actual address is 1756 West El Segundo, Guardina, California, 90249. You can put it in your GPS, whatever you need to do, but go ahead and make your way there and check us out. Hey, y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast, and as you as usual, Myra stays finding these dope guests, and so me and her were super excited today. Um, but before we introduce our guests, as usual, we start off with a random discussion, our random topic. Let me think of something off the top of the head. Um, <laughs> I'm juicy. What'd you say? Give us something juicy. I don't put no too much pressure on me now. Um, <laughs> um if you got something go for it because i'm over I here i don't have anything you okay. said something okay <laughs> oh, you're um, me. no because this is really random um okay if you go over someone's house right mm-hmm. and they give you a plastic cup or a glass cup, right? Do you think any difference between those things? Uh, no, but I don't usually use plastic wear to eat with and drink with though. So Why? I want to go to the glass. Cause when I think of plastic, I just think of dirty. Oh. Like I feel like plastic doesn't clean as well as glass does. I think it's just a mind thing, but I usually go for the glass. Interesting. Interesting. What made you ask that? Because I've just been thinking about it, because I, I have both. Um, and I always I, go towards your glass or like your mugs. Yeah, I kind of switch back and forth. But I'm saying like particularly by myself. Um, and I think for me, interestingly enough, I think it's like a childhood thing where like the kids could only use the plastic cups, right? So it's like, that's what you're going to have. And the adults could use like the glass just because I guess they think it's less prone for it to break. Um mm-hmm. But so I think for me, I never thought about like the the cleanliness of it, of, of it, of it all. Um, but yeah, this is random. Tony, what are you thinking? What, as far as do I think of plastic? Like if you go somewhere, would you rather have a plastic cup? Like a, a glass. I, I prefer the glass. Okay. Why you choose the glass? Why would you choose that? Because it just seemed cleaner. Wow. Y'all be thinking about that. <laughs> Yeah, plastic holds bacteria. Ah, interesting. 
Okay. That was very random. Um, mm -hmm. Thank y'all <laughs> yeah. for engaging to that uh, topic with me. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and introduce our guests. Um, so today we have Tony. Tony embarked on a personal healing journey when she pursued her degree in psychology. She fell in love with neuroscience and human behavior. She then started her life coaching company, helping women heal from workaholism. For several years, she spent time in the Detroit community working in youth advocacy, women's empowerment, and school-to-prison pipeline social issues. She coached youth and women in the area of personal empowerment and well-being. In 2018, through meditation and prayer, she knew to create something else to help her clients. Affirmation music came to her in which she coined herself. Without any background in music or writing, she went to California for a month and wrote her first album, came back home to Detroit, applied for a loan, got the loan, and got in the studio. On March 19, 2019, during Women's History Month, she launched Affirmations for the Grown-Ass Woman. She intended this album to be a tool for her clients to practice well-being on the go. Little did she know, this was the beginning of her I cannot say that word, y'all. Sorry. In her career of okay. healing art. <laughs> um, after much success, Tony knew it was the time to close her coaching business in October 2020 and pursue music full time. Today, Tony has five projects, 20 million plus streams, and performs around the country. Tony has been featured in Our Magazine, Forbes, and her most popular single, Take Up Spaces, which places on Showtime's The Shy television series. Tony is taking the world by grace and spirit with a refreshing sound while developing a music genre called affirmation music. Tony intends to continue to spread the message affirmations because she believes it is the language of self-love. Tony states, my motivation is the children, the families, the relationships that have been traumatized by the way we miscommunicate, weaponize words over and with each other. I believe when we heal ourselves, talk, we improve our relationships with ourselves, which directly heals the way we talk and relate to others we love. So welcome today, you all. We have Tony Jones. Um, I mean, as you all listen to her amazing bio already, she's bomb. It says a lot, but we want to dive in deeper. Um, so Let's get started. Before the creation of your affirmation music, Tony, had you had any prior music experience? No, none. I mean, in elementary school, I played the violin for a short time, but that's pretty much it. I grew up in church, so I always think, like, if you're in the music industry, you came from the church, because it's just like a lot of people in the music industry come from the church and get their music start there in practice so I mean that's like not a universal fact but definitely been my experience for sure but I don't have any formal education and never had any formal intention or um it wasn't it was never formulated to be in the music space so zero experience mm. nice that's still dope like I did not have any experience. I'm curious, what affirmations did you use for yourself to even like begin this journey? You know, I remember when I first got introduced to affirmations, 
And I remember, I remember this lady named Chanel Cooper Sykes. She was the one that introduced me to this whole world of conscious living and by, and this guy named Les Brown. And, but before then it was just the Bible, you know, it was just kind of like, um, my own religious spiritual beliefs and I didn't really have direction real like formal direction on how to go about this path that I felt led to go on that was outside of um church mm -hmm. and um and so I remember coming across this lady Chanel Cooper Sykes and she was the one that introduced me to affirmations and I printed her affirmations. I printed other affirmations out. And I, because I really did not like the reality I was living, I was like, I have, if this is the way to change it. I never looked at it. It's funny because when, at the time, I never looked at it like I'm changing the way I talk to myself. It was like, I'm doing this to change my life. It didn't, it didn't become about self-talk till I started affirmation music. And so affirmations was like a spiritual performance to get results that I wanted to get. So that was like my first consciousness about affirmations. And I saw the benefits of speaking things into existence. And so the affirmations were, I can't recall what exactly they were, but I know it was just all about talk, talking very highly about your circumstance, talking very positive about your circumstance. And they were real, they felt real and true. It didn't feel like I'm gonna be a millionaire. Like it was nothing like that. It was like, I have a healthier relationship with finances. I'm financially brilliant. I learned about all the things that I need to learn to be more financially sound. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just real effort, like real talk to speak over your situation. And once I started to see my life improved and the way that my mindset improved. I was like, oh, these things work, you know? So that was like the beginning of me starting with affirmations and some of the things that I would say to myself in the beginning. That was years ago. Yeah. I appreciate that reflection because I work with a lot of Black women in the therapy space. And oftentimes they're like, I don't want to do affirmations because that seems corny. And I struggle with meditation because I can't like focus. And so I did this digging, digging, digging. And that's how I found you. And now all my clients, like they know, like we're going to discuss Tony Jones. Like, did you do your Tony Jones homework? What is Tony Jones homework? Okay. It's where I wake up in the morning. I play my Tony Jones. It cannot be take up space this all the time. You need to find new songs because there's a plethora of them. Okay. We come back to therapy and we talk about it. And it's been really cool. One client in particular, she's been talking about, um, one of them that you talk about like financial freedom and her life has drastically changed. And she's like, I just listen to my Tony Jones because I struggle with coming up with my own affirmations and I struggle with meditating. And I feel like these things have married each other and yeah. a black woman and I can relate. So I appreciate hearing your background on it because it lives through the music. Because when I'm telling you all my clients do Tony Jones homework, we all do Tony Jones homework and we always reflect on it. Like what's new this week? How does she inspire you? Are we listening to the same thing? Why are we listening to the same thing? So I appreciate that. That's incredible. Wow. Thank you. Of course, Tell yeah. Everybody, hello. <laughs> I will. So then that goes into my next question of do you miss coaching at all? Nope. 
is an easy answer. No, not at all. <laughs> because I'm still coaching. I'm just coaching in a way that's in my highest favor. Like it's something that I actually enjoy doing. It's not that I did not enjoy coaching. It was just, it took a toll on me, you know, and I didn't necessarily know how to set boundaries then with clients. And so now my boundary is not to have any clients, but share what I want to share with clients all of because I feel like everybody, we're we're all each other's clients, if you will. But it's like now it's like I still get to work because I still feel the space that people are taking up in my life by listening to the music, you know? So I, I require a lot of solitude, a lot of time to myself and my own energy. But it's just different when you're working one-on-one with people. You know, your energies merge and that consistent currency of interacting with their thoughts and emotions. The way that I'm set up, that's not for me, you know, because I would their life would become mine. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how I naturally operate, you know. But yeah, so I don't miss it at all. It's it's it it's it's evolved. You know, it's like I'm coaching through the music. Yep. Very true. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I know for myself I can um, you know, contend with the fact that that one-on-one work, it is, it can be very um unconsciously like even when we feel like we're not connected to it right you go I don't think I got a hold on this it is it's with us right we're constantly hearing people's traumas and stories um and it sounds like for you you found a way to still connect with people um and like you like with uh, any and everybody right can connect with the things that you're putting out but you have this huge boundary that protects your energy in some ways right absolutely I love that for you. Absolutely. I love that for you. Um, did it take you a minute to like titrate off of the coaching straight into the affirmation work? Or was it like straight like, nope, I'm done? Well, I released, I released my first album in 2019. So everything in my life that was familiar became like it just crumbled. It was like as soon as I released the album, like two weeks later, just everything that I built for the past seven years started just crumbling. So when 2020 hit, by the end of that year, when I came out with Ice and Me Mantra's album, um, that was when I closed out my coaching business. So it, it was like, I'm going to pursue this full time. It was very uncomfortable, but I knew coaching one-on-one was, it was over for me. I didn't have anything to give personally to people. I didn't, ha- I didn't like it anymore. You know, it didn't bring me joy at all and I was like yeah I can't do this and I I did go through a period of like so what am I gonna do and then I looked at what was working and it was the music and so I was like well let me see what's here let me see I never imagined myself to be some artist but I always knew I was gonna do something that was on some always had something inside me that was like you know you're one-on-one like you know whatever you do nobody else will be able to do and it's going to be global. Like I always felt that since I was a child. Yeah. And you say you're from Detroit, Tony? Yeah. You know what? Like I have a few friends out here in California who are from De- from Detroit. And I don't know what it is about y'all, but y'all are some creative people. Like 
I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's in the air there, but everybody I've been meeting from Detroit, y'all just, y'all just have like this difference, like creativity about y'all, like, and it comes from within, or I'm not sure where it comes from, but it's just something that's coming up. So interestingly enough, um, but anyways, um, can you define for us in your own words, what self-love looks like for you? What does self-love look like for me? Um, wow. I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, it's like a, going back to the feeling. It's like, what feels good to me? Because some of the things that I did for self-love and self-care last year and over the period of my journey they don't hit no more, you know? So self-love is like giving, if I was to give a sentence to it, it's giving myself space to grow and to evolve in the way that I love myself. You know, it may, like whatever worked yesterday, the season I'm in, whatever worked last week, whatever worked yesterday is not what's gonna work today. So it's like giving myself that space, that presence, to say what do truly how do you want to love yourself today and so I think that is um that's true self-love because you're giving yourself freedom to freedom to be you know in the now and be in your truth because we get attached to our routines and rituals Sometimes you got to ask yourself, does this bring me joy? Do I really love this? Does this, does this light me up? Does, do I feel alive by doing this? And if I don't, what's going on with that? Like, what is this? Is this practice? Is this this way of being stale to me now? Or is it some type of energetic blockage where I can't feel the joy of this practice or the way that I'm loving myself? So it's just always intuitively being led and checking in with yourself, like, how do you need space, Tony? How do you need presence? Like, what's true for you? How do you want to feel today? Like, how do you want to go about your life and like it and love it, you know? So it's it's um, it's never a pinpoint thing, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with being loyal to your intuition and being integrity with yourself. Like, what actually feels loving to do and be with yourself you know yeah that's powerful thank you so much for giving your own thoughts of what that looks like for you um yeah. I feel like that's a a great way to think mm -hmm. of it yeah it feels great <laughs> yeah I've never thought of self-love in that way at all mm -hmm. That's what I learned, honestly, is what I've learned this year the most. You know, it's something about when you're in a relationship with somebody else and it's just like, God, we we love each other so much and it's healthy, it's, it doesn't have codependency, it's freedom, but we can't get enough of each other and we got space between each other. It's like when you do that with yourself, mm. Do that with your higher self, your lower self. It's like, I'm not going to abandon you, but I need some space from being so deep and so spiritual. I'm not going to abandon you, but I need some space and time away from being so carnal and so 
in my humanness, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's that navigating that relationship with that fluidity and autonomy to say what's true because that's what you want with others. So you give yourself that answer. And that's what this year has taught me tremendously, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, you don't have to be anxiously attached or avoidingly attached to you. You can give yourself the space to say, hey, my ritual isn't true anymore. You know what I'm saying? And Or I want to start eating meat again, or I need to let me go. Like just being very fluid and loving because that's what all of life does with us. The sun, the oxygen, nature don't care if you murdered somebody or you did your affirmations or you read your Bible or you ate fruit all day. Nature just loves you as is. And that's what self-love is, aligning yourself with the natural way life works. And that's giving yourself the freedom to just be. Mm-hmm. And that, that lesson, I don't think I've learned that type of embodiment of self-love till this year for real for real I might have talked about it but it definitely translated into my embodiment this year for sure yeah I feel like this piece right here I just need to re-listen to again like that is like speaking to my soul because it's making me think about like just the pressure of being a human and being productive and how like that just goes to anxiety and depression and like a lot of people are talking about that and thinking about just like the fluidity of life, like what you're saying and how that kind of releases the shackles of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it most definitely sounds freeing. It sounds like peace, you know? Um, so um, I know you talked about just like, it sounds like 2022 this year in general, um, it's been one for you. I'm not sure. It sounds like a lot of reflections and things. Um, what has been your biggest challenge being a musical artist in 2022? Niggas. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna keep going on it. Niggas. I mean, I'm gonna keep going it with y'all. Like, I did not know how much the patriarchy has really program the male species to just stay at those lower levels Mm. of living which is sex and survival sex and survival sex and survival survival and sex Mm. and I, I think that being in the music space with the type of message that I have and the type of embodiment that I have I think it's attractive to men you know what I'm saying and they have access to an energy that they necessarily haven't done on their own work to access, which is like feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like they they almost kind of like try and play, see how dumb you are to mm-hmm. go uh, like attack where women are most vulnerable at, which is emotions, which is into, you know, the desire for intimacy and connection with men, you know? Um, if that's your sexual preference. But, you know, I think that's been the most challenging is learning how to navigate men because I, for so long, I've moved in a way that was kind of like wearing my rose colored glasses, mm-hmm. but I was wearing them in in a space where I shouldn't have been wearing them. And I knew better, but it, I didn't want to grow, you know? So it was like, 
I would ignore a lot of stuff. And next thing I know, I'm attached to a, a, a dude moving in a way with me that's out of pocket, but I'm getting a need, a void met. So it's like, whether it's platonic or romantic, it's just like, at the end of the day, um, I have had to mature how I navigate the industry as a woman. I mean, I'm still learning how to like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I've never, I've always, how can I say this? Growing up, I was a kind of like a tomboy, girly, girly tomboy, but I definitely am a tomboy now because it's just right now, like, I feel like I have to, it's not that I have to change my sex appeal, it's just what makes me feel comfortable. It's not accommodating men. It's just like, it's certain elements. I'm aware of the matrix that it's just like, if I wear a certain thing, I'm gonna get this type of attention. And I just don't feel like dealing with that today. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. I'll do feel like dealing with it. Cause I feel like I want to be sassy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I just don't have space for the BS and the distractions. So in the music industry is specifically the biggest challenge has been navigating men and niggas like it's just been like oh my god I just did not know how ingrained y'all are to sex and survival mm. like what 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 the male species will do to keep that fed instead of transcending that it's almost it's wicked mm. you know and so in the, being in the music industry I just have to be more mindful of what I'm dealing with because it's not necessarily just it's just not it's I'm not, I don't want to say I'm bashing men it's the patriarchy right and the way men have been programmed mm-hmm. to identify their masculinity through their sexuality and survival mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah I mean like you just it's patriarch it's sad for them too that's sad to think of it's that sad for them i'm it's sad yeah like that's what they've been reduced to like this worries about sex and survival that's it to not even like understand how like your mind works on a different frequency because that's what you're stuck yeah. in it's sad yeah they're not even it, to to be there is to say i'm not even a boy yet i'm not even a human yet it's like you're still you're still just primal you know what I'm saying? You're just animal, because that's what animals do. That's what animals, animal sex, they have sex, they eat food, and they go searching for survival. That's all they do. So it's like men have been, the patriarchy has made them very animalistic, you know, to where they don't feel empathy. Now, that's not all men, but I'm just saying from my own experience, I've had to do a lot of work to be mindful on who gets access to me, especially from the oof, male community, honey. Definitely my biggest, been one of my biggest challenges this year. As you've continued to get popular, have you seen any challenges like in your personal life as a reflection of that? Oh, heck yeah. I think the past year and a half, the past year, 2021 and 2022, I'll say year and a half, because it really hit summer 2021. 
I did not know. I don't think my nervous system was, I know my nervous system was not prepared for how my life in turn, like was crumbling and how my career and uh, was, it's not, it wasn't just my career, it was my greatness that was expanding. Cause, and it was happening simultaneously. I felt, it is not like I felt my career expanding. I felt my bigness expanding mm. and the career just ended up manifesting, you know? So I was just like, wow, I didn't know I could feel gratitude this big. I didn't know I could feel joy this big. I didn't know I can feel confidence this big. But then also it was another side of that, that that feeling I was feeling. I didn't know depression can be this deep. I didn't know anxiety could be this intense. I didn't know I could feel this insecure. I didn't know that I normalized abuse in my life. Mm -hmm. Like it was like I, all of these things I was feeling. So my nervous system was like, you know, for so long, my nervous system was used to the good seasons good emotions bad seasons bad emotions and you just work through it but to have both happening at the same time was like oh my gosh how do I find my 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 rhythm because I don't think any of these are going to change I think this is how you actually are supposed to experience life mm. is experience both realities but always have your center to look at them as the same, like they all work together for your good. And that's operating from a place of wholeness. Mm. And so for me, like as I became popular, it was really interesting how it did not matter. Like it's still like what it, where I'm at right now, I thought it would feel a certain way and it doesn't. Mm. it is not I feel like I understand that quote that Jim Carrey says like I hope all your dreams come true hope you become rich and famous I hope you get everything you ever wanted and desired so you see that it's not it and I get that now like the feeling that you think that's going to be attached to these things happening they're never there mm. they're never there they the feeling comes from with how you feel about you it's those, the feeling that we think that's attached to a certain outcome or result, it can only be occurred with how you feel about you. The darkest parts, the shame part, like how you can alchemize your wounds and, and your mindset and change it into a loving state, a blissful state. That's the feeling that we think we can get out there. We actually get in here. You, I mean, we've been hearing that type of message for a long time. When you start to embody it and you go through the path to experience, like to experience that state, it's hell and heaven, you know? Mm -hmm. So this, this career has definitely been a personal path more than an outer one, you know? Um, but yeah, cause it's like, I have joy but I also was grieving a lot, grieving a lot. I feel like I'm just, well, it's December, and I just got chills. Like November really is when I started to feel like I could breathe again after this past year or two, mm. you know? But I feel like I'm more, 
I feel like I'm proud to be more human than anything because it's like now as I continue to expand in the world and people are get to know more who I am in mainstream media, it'll never be what I thought it would be like. Like, because it's like people think like, oh my God, you're on this show now or you're this and you like, and I'm like, you have to understand my own peace of mind when my by myself is the Grammy. It is the validation that the validation of the world. It's like my peace of mind is equating to getting the validation from every leader, every person on the planet. Like, because I know what it took for me to, to attain that. You know, me feeling good about myself, me having joy in my life is the actual win. Because I know what has happened in here. I know the battles that I face. And when you're in that state and you're like, I'm in crisis and I need help and I need peace. And you get through that. Nothing on the outside really matters anymore. So to speak to your question, as far as being popular and, and getting like, it's like, I'm almost don't feel, I feel not numb, but I just feel like I'm like a peace about it. Like, I'm thank you. I release you. Like I'm not attached to mm -hmm. the way that I would thought I would, you know, it's like, I'm grateful this is happening. I release that this is happening. You saying some real shit, Tony. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm like, Wow. Saying some, real mm -hmm. wow. some stuff. Oh my gosh. Like literally the things that you're saying, like, because I recently had a daughter and I always think about like, what do I want my daughter to know? I know I want you to be a good person, blah, blah, blah. But literally the things that you're saying are the things I want to instill in her of like, your happiness comes from yourself. And when you said peace of mind is a real Grammy, like, that's all I want for her to know. Like mm -hmm. everything is within you. So even like hearing you break that down, it was like, okay, you're giving me some of the language that I want to like tell her when she gets older. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. So as we wrap up, we always ask for any takeaways you have for our listeners and it can be literally anything. Have fun. Have fun. Like, be real curious about what fun looks like for you. I'm talking about not fun that numbs you from your problems. I'm talking about fun that feeds you. You know, what in, What do you enjoy in life? Who are the people that, where you forget time, you forget your agenda? Like, be very curious, especially now because I don't think the chaos is going to subside anytime soon in this external world. So the realities that you move forward in have to come from within. Fun is a cheat code to like create that, to expand that reality more. Because as soon as you're in fun, you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. You're just enjoying the moment. And that is where you streamline all the emotions, all the peace, right there in that present moment and I think fun is really like the biggest cheat code right the spiritual cheat code is by having fun playing with people enjoying 
people, enjoying the things, traveling, you know, whatever, having a gathering at your house, like decorating, doing arts and crafts, try and get more close to things that have no goal attached to it. Because we've been so hijacked and programmed to do everything with an outcome. But the more you do things that have nothing to do with getting better, doing better, achieving better, the more you cultivate something that ends up magnetizing everything you want towards you. So I would say have more on. Trust me, it is a weapon of all weapons. So... Thank you. And what I mean by weapons, I mean I'm talking about those inner battles, those outer battles. Having fun is helps. Getting your rest, whatever just in, brings you enjoyment to this life. Be curious about that. Investigate it. Seek it. You know, hold space for it and see what's true and do it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Thank you so much for joining us today. This was a breath of fresh air. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You are so welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. Yeah. Um, I'm appreciating just like the authenticity and the the realness of it all. I feel like you've walked us, you have walked us through a whole album. <laughs> for real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, period. Like, period. I mean yeah like you embody your work like listening to your affirmations and your music this is how I feel um which shows the authenticity of it all you know yeah I love that thank you yeah okay well thank you all for joining another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast um and we'll be back with another episode next Monday